your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So then 7.39, the government here has decided on injecting 11 trillion won into the budget this year, a supplementary budget, although that's yet to be examined by uh, lawmakers. As far as uh, Japan is concerned, though, let's get a quick comparison here. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe uh, recently managed uh, to enjoy a, a victory on the back of voter support uh, with a broad and bold economic policy promise. Local newspaper, the Nikkei, expected a stimulus package of 10 trillion yen. That would be 107 trillion won, around 10 times more than the budget I was just talking about for Korea. But we've got further reports suggesting the figure could be closer to 30 trillion yen which would be staggering. Uh, let's uh, look into this in more detail with Martin Schultz, a senior economist at Fujitsu Research Institute in Tokyo. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Um, can, can you just give us a bit of context here? Uh, it seems very high to us, but in the context of Japan's history, would 30 trillion yen be absolutely jaw-dropping? Uh, well... In the context of Japan, as always, you have to reach a very high number, a very big leverage to get the huge economy moving even a little bit. And this budget and these supplementary budgets will be basically on the same scale. There are many plans, but they are rather long term. They are adding together almost everything because so far the focus has been on monetary policy. Now it shifts to fiscal policy. So they really want to be big. But realistically, uh, the fresh water, as we call it in Japan, in this budget will be probably about two trillion, maybe up to three trillion yet. Um, so, but not in the scale of 20 to 30 trillion, as has been reported. Well, what is, added, what is being added up in uh, these 20 to 30 trillion uh, figure is basically all the long-term plans, uh, credit guarantees for large-scale infrastructure projects like building a maglev train towards Nagoya, Osaka. These are decade-long running projects. There are credit guarantees for overseas uh, uh, development aid. And all this put together uh, would add up to a rather large number, probably not 30 trillion, but up to 20 trillion. The big impact on the economy, however, is the actual spending of the government during this year and next year, and this number will be much lower. Okay, so, I mean, you, you've obviously looked at reports with a bit of scepticism then when they're talking about an unprecedented amount of stimulus. Uh, you're, you're qualifying that somewhat. But uh, can you tell us a little bit more about why it's so important that this money is injected in Japan right now? This is the background of the story, and that is probably much more important than the headline figures. Uh, policy is really shifting now from a three-year period of overwhelmingly monetary stimulus. The Bank of Japan has been printing money as much as possible. It has been buying government bonds as much as possible. But most of that remains stuck in the financial system because credit demand, demand from the private side, among households as well as corporations, has been 
pretty limited. So most market players and politicians in Japan see monetary policy not as very effective anymore. That means now the government is stepping in and saying, okay, we got all that money, now we will go on to spend it. They will spread it, uh, hopefully among younger households, hopefully also a lot of education, and not just infrastructure projects that are of limited use. In simplistic terms, Japan has some of the same issues that, that we have, uh, if anything, just a lot further down the road, albeit with a, a sizable economy. Uh, but uh, aging economy, for example. And when, when you've got Japan already spending uh, significantly, how concerned are you about deficit there? Uh, the deficit has been one of the biggest concerns in Japan because, well, Japan has built up the biggest pile of debt internationally. It hasn't become a major problem because it also has the biggest pile of assets in the world. And the main reason for that is, as you pointed out, the aging society. Japan is a forerunner to anybody in terms of fast demographic aging. So people had to save a lot and hoping to spend this later. This is very difficult because when the demand is lacking, the economy is not growing. And this is where the shift is now going a little bit from more saving towards trying to get the economy moving now. The demand, on the other hand, is on the, corporate, on the government side, social services, uh, health care, social security. So now the government is saying, well, we are moving on. We just keep on spending no matter the debt situation to keep the economy growing. And probably in the current situation, this is the best they can do. Well, with uh, the Korean economy set for a boost of somewhere closer to the equivalent of one trillion yen, uh, does it sort of balance things out? Or or would you say that uh, we in Korea should be watching closely for the impact of Japan's stimulus uh, and, and its role on the regional economy? Well, in terms of keeping the economy growing when demographics are turning against you, when exports cannot really drive the economy overall anymore, uh, it's always to have a, uh, good to have a look at Japan, not just for Korea, but for many other countries as well. What we learned over time is that piling up public debt doesn't help the economy growing in the long term. So structural reforms are definitely very important. And I think Korea is way ahead on many of these issues than Japan is. That would be on the positive side. On the other hand, public debt has, has not become the big, well, explosive, uh, difficult situation in Japan, mostly because the central bank is now buying back so much public debt, so it's not really in the market anymore. Uh, the policy mix is the most important thing, and this is where you have to think about it. And what does all this say for Abenomics? When we go back to 2013, when, um, again, I don't know whether you agree with this figure or not, but uh, 10.3 trillion yen was apparently spent then. Uh, to to get Abenomics really on on track, does it suggest that it's either failed, failing, or is less optimistic? Mm. Well, the, the the core of Abenomics was always providing some optimism to the economy. Uh, keep keep it going, keep it growing, and being as more, as much optimistic as possible while implementing structural reforms that are necessary to get the economy growing in the long term. To do to uh, achieve the structural change towards an aging society that keeps growing, which is the really tricky bit of it. So far, Abenomics has been well going on with structural reforms but not too fast some speeding up here could help 
smart government plan uh, spending would be the most important thing because demand is towards government services. What we are seeing now is basically uh, infrastructure projects, large projects uh, that won't help the economy much anymore. So much smarter policies on the structure side, on the fiscal spending side is what everybody is hoping for and what is not happening too much so far. Well, thank you very much for giving us an overview there in Tokyo. Great to have you on the line. Okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. Martin Schultz from Fujitsu Research Institute. Our email's open to you, efmthismorning at gmail.com.